Hi, I'm Dawn Tamari, and you're listening to another episode of Teaspoon of Healing. Today, my guest is Esther Blum. She's an integrative dietitian. Hi, Esther. Hey, Dawn. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for joining me today on the podcast. It's my pleasure. I'm assuming you're on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I live in Connecticut, so it's beautiful today. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, my family, my parents are from Boston, so... Ah, I've been Boston's to Connecticut great. once. Yeah, it's beautiful there. Yeah. Great. So you're an integrative dietitian. Before we get into anything else, what's an integrative dietitian? How does that differ from a regular dietitian? So I have a bachelor's and a master's degree in clinical nutrition and spent the first five years working in hospitals and uh, then decided to go rogue. You know, I really, I worked in cardiology units and uh, diabetes and AIDS and we saw oncology and I, I was really not making a difference in anyone's life, seeing people for 10 minutes before they were going to be discharged, giving them their diet instructions and feeding them jello and ginger ale after cardiac surgery. So I decided to, um, get certified in functional medicine because even though I had two degrees and, and this is the irony. I took a class at, at NYU called Vitamins and Minerals. And we got there and the professor said, well, everything you need is in food. So you don't need to take vitamins and minerals. So that was incredibly frustrating. Um, so I decided to, as I mentioned, go through a functional medicine certification and really uh, learn so many applications that were not taught in the conventional dietetics program of diet and supplement therapy, nutrients, and herbs, and and really different diets out there. Um, and I'm so glad I did because I, I literally was reading, you know, my copy of Today's Dietitian this week, and mm. they were quoting dietitians saying, well, if someone is celiac, they don't, ha- I tell them not to give up gluten. And I was oh, thinking, this wow. is malpractice. This is blatant malpractice. And I have a real problem with that. Um, when I know, in fact, you know, I've been doing this for over 26 years and there is not a celiac out there who can tolerate gluten in this country. Now mm-hmm. you go to other countries where the crops have not been sprayed with glyphosate and all sorts of chemicals, and then they can tolerate gluten. Maybe it's the chemicals they're not tolerating, but either way in this country, this is what we have to play the cards we've been dealt. And, um, so thankfully I have my ways that I can practice and treat people and actually help them get better. I love that. I think it's important for dietitians to be on the forefront of this because that's how mm-hmm. it's going to change. That's mm-hmm. how that's the only way it's going to change. But for those of you who are, there is a group on Facebook called Paleo RDs that I'm part oh. of. So that's really great. And, um, you know, Diana Rogers is in there and Lily oh, okay. Nichols and right. it, it's a great group. So on this podcast, the guests often share their, their healing stories, whether it's physical ailments or emotional. So what brought you to nutrition and functional nutrition? Anything in your life that brought you there? Well, I come from a family of healers. My grandfather was a practicing physician until he was 95 and a half. He was an ears, nose, and throat doctor. Uh, he did surgery until he was 80. And then my father was a dermatologist. My mother was a nurse. So, And we had pharmacists in our family. So I was surrounded by medicine. I was surrounded by doctors who were compassionate healers who made house calls. Um, my grandfather had an operating room in his house in Brooklyn. He had a four-story home. And he and my grandmother took my tonsils out. My grandmother put the ether mask over my face. And my grandfather took my tonsils out. And 
he was the tonsil king of Brooklyn. Um, so, you know, I was very interested in medicine, but I knew I didn't want to endure medical school and residency. I knew the hospital was a jealous mistress and I didn't want to dedicate that many years of my life to learning my mm -hmm. craft. So even though I, I, with all the schooling I did, I, I definitely did, but obviously the hours are much better than a medical residency. So uh, I like the academic requirements of nutrition, which are, as you know, basically pre-med minus mm -hmm. the physics uh, mm -hmm. and a little less chemistry. So I did it just for the academic requirements. I didn't do it for any personal reasons, but later on in life, it certainly served me as I've gone through my own health challenges. But I really, I really just enjoyed it. And why I went into functional medicine nutrition was just to learn uh, clinical and holistic applications of nutrients and diets that the typical curriculum is not teaching. Well, that's awesome. And you're definitely right about that. And so you work a lot with women and what is the most troubling health issue? What health issue do you see most often in your clients and your female clients? Well, um, I have a, I do treat men for the record, yes. but yes, uh, I would say 75% of my practice is women. And most women come to me either with uh, perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, mm -hmm. although I do see some young women, younger women with fertility or very, very difficult periods. Mm -hmm. um, and I also see people with chronic gut inflammation. And so the two, what most people don't realize is the two are truly interlinked. You cannot have a healthy menopause if you don't have a healthy gut. It's pretty darn hard to do it. Okay. So I treat both in my practice. And so for... I have a few listeners and a lot of, a lot of us are in our late thirties to early fifties. So perimenopause and menopause is a hot topic and it's good to see some changes, some actual talk about it. You know, in the past, nobody even talked about it. So how does the gut relate to hormones and, and perimenopause? So the gut microbiome, right? Let's just mm -hmm. talk about that. It's, it's comprised, it's like a genome of microbes. And that includes, you know, bacteria and funguses and uh, viruses. And the human intestine harbors trillions of these bacteria. It's its own endocrine organ, right? In the, in the small intestinal tract. Mm -hmm. And so th there are more... Um, there are more bacteria in the human intestines than the whole than all the cells in the human body. It's pretty fascinating. So then you have a subset of that. You have the estrobolome, and that's this collection of bacteria in the gut that metabolizes the body's circulating estrogen. And so it's the gut bacteria and the estrobolome that really affects the estrogen levels, and that impacts weight and libido and mood. So if your gut is healthy, it's going to help keep your hormones in balance. Um, you know, uh, we want to make sure that your estrogen and progesterone levels are optimized before and after menopause because that they fuel the good bacteria in the gut. Okay. So if you don't have proper regulation of your hormones, you can develop dysbiosis and that's an imbalance of bacteria in your gut and or pathogens. So... The other really important piece is, you know, when you have a healthy gut microbiome, the estrobolome, it produces optimal levels of this enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. And so, beta, forgive all the clinical talk, but it, okay. it will make sense in a minute. Um, you know, if you have a healthy estrobolome, it's going to minimize the reabsorption of estrogen from the gut, right? And so, 
that allows us to safely remove waste in the stool and urine and detox estrogen properly. So if you have gut dysbiosis, right, there's this excess excess of bacteria that produce that beta glucuronidase. And so estrogen gets absorbed back into the bloodstream and all of a sudden you're estrogen dominant. So I do like in my stool testing that I do, we look at beta glucuronidase before and after, and I do see the numbers come down. I see a lot of estrogen dominant women with these horrible, horrible periods and they're really mm -hmm. suffering. And once we, re, you know, clean up the liver and support that, uh, it makes a huge difference in their symptoms and their estrogen does come down. So you want to make sure, I mean, the estrobolum, your whole gut bacteria is influenced by so many things. It's influenced by trauma, um, by genetics, by age, by diet, by weight, alcohol, uh, antibiotics, environmental toxins. So you, you've got a lot. It's a wild card in there. Mother Nature is one wacky scientist, right? So you've mm -hmm. got to really make sure that, um, that your gut is healthy because when your uh, body is in a state of estrogen decline, you have this increase in gut permeability and, and your transit time slows down. So you get a lot more bloating and constipation and reflux and we don't have the bile production to break down fats or help us eliminate estrogen. You can get kind of like IBS symptoms um, so you, and, you know, brain fog and depression, insomnia, all of these things. So if, if your, um, gut is healthy and your estrogen is being detoxified and regulated better, that makes a huge, huge, huge difference in time. That's great to know. Um, and so how do people find out, do you do any testing to find out the levels either of estrogen to find out if they're estrogen dominant or which hormones they're lacking in? And then you also mentioned the other test for the, for the gut bacteria. Yes. So, right. I do stool and urine test. The urine okay. test I do and love, it's called a Dutch test. Uh, and that stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And so that enables me to look at not only your production of 21 androgens. So it looks at seven estrogen, seven testosterone, seven progesterones. And not only does it look at your body's uh, production of those androgens, but also the detoxification pathways. So are they being eliminated from your body properly or are they being reabsorbed through your intestinal tract and you're not excreting them? I don't just see these problems in men and women, by the way, I see estrogenominance in men too, where they're very overweight and their testosterone is going down the wrong pathway. Their detox pathways are imbalanced and they, or they are getting testosterone pellets, um, inserted in the tush and, mm -hmm. uh, and that is actually converting to estrogen. So oh, estrogen nice. dominance, it's not just a female problem. Oh, it's a male problem okay. too. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So the, the Dutch tells me your pathways and it, it looks also at, you know, I look at neurotransmitters in the brain. I look and see if people are making serotonin and dopamine because what happens during menopause, a lot of doctors put their patients on, uh, antidepressants mm -hmm. instead of saying, well, let's fix the gut and make sure your serotonin and dopamine production are on par. They say, well, let's just give you an antidepressant. Well, when I look at their Dutch tests and their neurotransmitters, the uh, antidepressants are not raising serotonin and dopamine or their neurotransmitters much at all. Some people, yes, but a lot, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
which is even more fascinating to me. I'm like, how do you even feel better then? How is that the case? Maybe it's a placebo effect. I don't know, but it's fascinating. So yeah, so I look at all of those and then I also look at cortisol levels because Mm -hmm. cortisol and insulin are uh, closely related. So, you know, if you've gotten this menopause belly uh, and a cortisol Mm -hmm. belly due to a decline in estrogen, then what happens is your insulin levels start to go off kilter too. So I can learn a lot about you just from your cortisol curve. I can look at your energy, your sleep, all of those things can be off kilter if your cortisol's off kilter. So I really balance that out too and get people in a more relaxed state versus a fight or flight state, which they Mm -hmm. tend to be in when I start with them. Definitely. And that's leading to me to something else. So stress, does that often affect hormones and our health? I mean, we all know it, it definitely affects our health, but I'm assuming it affects the hormones too. It does. At stress, um, hormones are driven from the top down. So if your stress is really bad, you're not managing it, you're not taking some deep breaths and you know, shutting off that phone <laughs> and not taking the phone in bed and, and yeah. learning to manage the stress and the people in your life. And we can't control everything, obviously, but we can make a lot of choices that do that do uh, contribute to our stress management. So if you're not managing that, your progesterone and estrogen and testosterone will be in the toilet. Your, and then your libido goes, I mean, nobody wants to, nobody's feeling good when you're stressed. So they all tend to bottom out. And then I end up having to really step in and replace them. Also, when you're really stressed, you know, you're, your body in a a fight or flight state does not produce the same amount of hydrochloric acid. So imagine if you're stressed, you're not producing a lot of hydrochloric acid to that's digestive fire to break down and absorb your nutrients. And then your declining estrogen levels also cause a drop in hydrochloric acid production. And what happens is in that state, a lot of people begin to develop a leaky gut, which is a thinning of the intestinal walls Um, nutrients are passing back and forth across the intestinal membrane, undigested, sorry, food particles are passing forth undigested. And uh, you get really bloated, you get all these food allergies, you can't eat anything. So it's kind of a cascade effect. And I notice a lot of people like develop gluten intolerances or dairy intolerances in menopause for this very reason. So menopause is a beautiful time for us to look at our lives and say, okay, I'm potentially halfway through, like, Mm -hmm. where do I want the next 50 years to go or the next 20 years to go? Or what, how am I going to make the most of my time left? What can I take off my plate? You know, and, and how can I manage my stress better? This clearly isn't working. So what can I do to make it better? You know, I think COVID was a great opportunity for us to simplify our lives and say, okay, you know, there were a lot of huge downsides, but what yeah. were the upsides? Yeah. You know, does working at home give us a better quality of life? It does. Okay. Well, how can I reconfigure my job? You know, things mm-hmm. like that make a monumental impact on our hormonal health. They really do. Yeah. Have you noticed stress, you know, going up or down during COVID with any of your clients? Uh, well, yes. I mean, up in a lot of ways because you're trying to work and you have kids at home, or Mm -hmm. even if you're not trying to work, then all of a sudden you're a school teacher. Yes. Right. Um, and then some people, their marriages suffered during Mm -hmm. COVID. Uh, some people will go through divorce after COVID and then other people, you know, it, it got better. I could tell you Mm -hmm. for me personally, you know, I, I lost my father 
on May 2nd of 2020, the week before what was supposed to be my son's bar mitzvah. I'm sorry. Um, thank you. He, he was 91. So I'm grateful he didn't have to yeah. go through COVID kind of without seeing my mom because uh, he was in a nursing facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all of that was very stressful. And, you know, we, we had many, many things going on. That was just a piece of the pie. And and so, yeah, but we were able to just kind of get quiet. And it we just, as a family, really just centered ourselves and stayed very grounded. And we allowed ourselves to grieve. And uh, he eventually had a very small, intimate mitzvah in the fall, which was great, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what we wanted or hoped for, but we were just grateful it happened. So, you know, it's just life throws you these, these terrific challenges and times. And again, we're not homeless. We're not broke. We're not destitute. Mm -hmm. We have food on our table. We have love in our family. So we're, we're grateful, but I think it's, I don't think anyone left unscarred for sure, Mm -hmm. but, but we now have a new suit of armor because of it, you know? That's for sure. That's a good way to look at it too. <laughs> no, of course, no one expected this. And yeah, wow. And yeah, you can learn a lot. You know, a lot of people have gone through a lot of tragedies, but I've also learned a lot through this time about themselves. I think now, what you do, it's finding the root cause, and you mentioned traditional Western medicine path that you started out on. So how does it differ? How does your approach differ than what a, a RD would do that doesn't have the functional training? In some dietitian circles, you are <laughs> a heretic <laughs> if you prescribe supplements. Like mm-hmm. I remember going to a meeting, and this was a long time ago, but I remember going to a meeting uh, for dietitians in business. Right. And they said, Oh, everyone talk about how you treat diabetics. So, you know, people said, Oh, I put them on the special diet. And then, then, then they said, how do you treat diabetes? And I said, Oh, well, I put them on chromium and lipoic acid and some gymnema. And it was like, the room was silent. (laughs) And this woman leaned into me and she said, we don't talk about that here. Wow. I was like, wow. And and some people say, well, how do you, how can you live with yourself making money off of clients? I said, how can you live with yourself not helping them? I said, right. you may have really healthy patients. I have really sick patients who've been to many, many doctors and aren't getting better and are only getting gaslit by the system. So what I do differs because A, I am a fanatical advocate for my patients. I stand side by side. I call their doctor's offices. I call the insurance companies. I make sure that they are seen and heard and get the testing they need. And if they don't, guess what? Medicine is a business like any other. You find a new doctor. Mm -hmm. And I teach them that it's okay to leave the conventional system if you want a second or third opinion and go to a functional medicine doctor. And yes, it's more expensive up front, but it saves yeah. you money in the long run because you are investing in a permanent solution to your problems. And so that is what I do for my patients that are different than dietitians is I use um, diet therapies that are not taught in any dietetics curriculums. And I do everything from carb cycling to, you know, higher carb to lower carb, higher protein. Uh, I do use plant-based to heal some chronic illnesses that some of my patients deal with, and then we get them back on high protein again. Um, and I use supplements uh, and nutrients and herbs, and I do testing and look at the best uh, 
hormone replacement therapy if people are a candidate for that and, you know, help my clients uh, make recommendations to for their doctor or I'll communicate directly to their doctor and say, based on the tests, is what I think their hormones should be based on. And sometimes the doctors listen and sometimes they don't. And then my patients gain 10 pounds and I have to send them to another doctor because they didn't get their hormone cocktail right. Mm-hmm. So it's really important Again, that's why I'm like, hire someone, you know, it's, if, if you had a child that was struggling in school, right, you could hire an advocate for them to go back to the school and say, this is what my child needs, right? Well, we have to do the same thing with our own health. We have to learn to advocate for ourselves and say, no, if, if a doctor's not listening to you or hearing you, or if you say, this is a cocktail I want, and they're not going to hear you, find another doctor. It's really simple. So I go be above and beyond um, what a a traditional dietitian will do. I don't know, as I said, many dietitians who do what I do at all. I do a lot of testing that doctors do. So I spent a lot of time just doing research and educating myself and getting my continuing credits, going to seminars. I have many doctors who mentor me and just hungry for knowledge to help people because if I'm not helping people get better, then I better learn a lot more than I know. That's great. And so you do refer them to doctors. I was going to ask what you did after you find out the root cause. So you yeah. then you have them either go to their doctor or seek out another doctor. Yes. Either for prescriptions. Some people need um, antibiotics, uh, mm-hmm. or, or antiparasitics when I do their stool tests, sometimes, you know, they have parasites that require uh, a combination of antibiotics and antiparasitics. Um, also, you know, I do extensive blood work and so I will send them to their doctor for blood work. Um, and that's way more than just the standard complete blood count, which tells you nothing. Mm-hmm. They, or they'll tell you your quote unquote normal Normal's not optimal. So I really mm-hmm. look much deeper under the hood. Um, and then yes, if, if somebody's on hormones, of course I have to send them to a doctor. I can't prescribe. I can only recommend. And now what about some of us going back to this Dutch test that have been to an endocrinologist or they just went to their OBGYN or their regular doctor and they had their hormones test and they say, Oh, you're not all, everything's normal. So you mentioned that normal is not optimal. So it is a Dutch test, maybe a next step. If you're not, if they're just telling you everything's fine, but you know that you feel, you don't feel fine. Yeah. So, uh, it absolutely is a next step. And, and depending where you are in your menopausal cycle, you know, it may not be wholly accurate, accurate, or if you're on Mirena or the pill, it definitely won't be fully accurate, but I always tell people just start where you're at and let's just get some baseline, some point of reference and let's start there. Um, so yes, the problem with the blood test is, um, the blood test is great. Uh, it, it's a great comparison to look at both, but a blood test will only check on average three to five androgens, whereas a Dutch test has 21 and a blood test will never look at your methylation or your detoxification pathways and a Dutch will. And, you know, it's, it's nice because the, the two tests I do really speak to each other. That's great. And now when you talk to your patient, you talk about supplements and diet. So is there a struggle? Why do people struggle to change their diet? You know, a lot of times they'll take supplements or they'll take prescriptions, but changing diet is, is, is huge. 
sometimes it's a worthiness issue where people don't believe they deserve to look good or they feel, um, especially if they had any kind of sexual abuse or unwanted attention early on, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, about their physical body, then they're, then they tend to shy away from losing weight and getting that attention again because it's it's associated with a negative experience. Sometimes they don't feel worthy of investing themselves. Sometimes it's just we're taught that pleasure is food and food is pleasure and it just feels really good and it it's a quick fix. Um, sometimes it's just a lack of understanding the physiological effect that food has and how you can control your uh, cravings and your appetite by increasing your protein, for example. So, uh, I really educate and empower my clients and we work together for a minimum of six months to start because we unpack it. Six months is ample time for people to go on vacation, go to a wedding, go through a breakup or fighting with your kids, right? And Mm -hmm. you can watch yourself and observe objectively and say, how did I eat that day? What happened? What's my stress response? I mean, how many times have you ever been uh, having a stressful phone call and you go to the pantry and you just grab some chocolate and start eating, you know, or as I like to joke, like snorting lines of chocolate chips off the counter. (laughs) So like you want to make sure, you know, that you really understand uh, your patterns so that you can disrupt them. And you often need someone to help you do that. Sometimes it's also hard to lose weight without a lack of structure and accountability and a plan. You you honestly need a partner to do it. So it's all those things combined, I think. So having a partner would really help. I don't recommend family members necessarily. I think there's too emotionally charged. Imagine like, yeah, because for some people too, if, if there's anybody judging them about their weight, you know, in their family, which happens often, you, you want a third party objective person because there's, it's like, not your spouse or maybe even not a spouse or a boyfriend. Okay. So that's interesting. So uh, it's better to have uh, maybe somebody a little bit more removed from your life. Yes. Completely. I couldn't okay. agree with you more. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's really interesting. That's, that's, that's a good point because a lot of it could be coming from shame or it could be coming from, who knows, that's, that's where it's coming from. So you want to break out of certain patterns. So that's right. That back in. Okay. That's right. And now where can listeners find out more about you if they want to do a Dutch test, if they, if they want to work with you? Yeah. So you can go to, um, for five of your listeners, Dawn, I actually have opened up my calendar to accommodate five 30 minute consultations. These are complimentary. I ask that these are for serious inquiries only, of course, for someone, uh, for any of you out there who are really serious about getting help and wanting to move the needle with your gut health, with your hormones, with your eating habits, with your weight loss, Um, So for that, you can go to estherblum.com forward slash call, C-A-L-L. We hop on the phone for 30 minutes and you will leave with three customized strategies to put you on the path to reaching your goal. Um, Also, I am giving away uh, my wonderful three-part video series uh, and comes with an ebook. It's on how to crush your cravings. So you can crush your cravings in three days, your sugar cravings in particular, but there's so many juicy nuggets in there that really will just optimize your wellness. And that is estherblum.com forward slash cravings with an S. 
And so when you, uh, when you go there, you can absolutely get support. And then I'm on Instagram as well at gorgeous Esther is my handle. Yes. Great. So we can go there. You can go to estherblum.com or gorgeous Esther on Instagram. And there's always so much fun nutrition stuff on Instagram. And I looked at your page. It's, it's uh, people should go there. I like the, the posts. So thank you. So before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners? Yeah, the, there's really nothing in you that cannot be healed. Uh, there's nothing in you that's not reversible. So you really just have to make sure um, when you're looking for answers that you work with a practitioner who listens to you, who is going to tirelessly fight and leave no stone unturned and not write you off. Um, or dismiss you. You want to make sure you find someone who listens to you, who does the testing, who does the proper workups. And that way um, you will, you will get better. You will have a specific treatment plan and you will get better. There's no one I work with who doesn't take my advice, who doesn't get better. Everyone gets better. So it's really, um, you know, it's beneficial to invest in yourself in, in, in the long run, you know, it's, it's worth it. You get a return on your investment. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for joining today on the podcast. Really enjoyed the chat and please go to estherblum.com or gorgeous Esther on Instagram to find out more. Thanks, Don. Thank you. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Susan, you remember the time we were in Orange County? We were driving around and we got lost, and we ran into this place called Avila's El Ranchito. You remember the place? The place had awesome decor and authentic margaritas. Did you know that Avila's El Ranchito has been around since 1966? They have 13 locations throughout Orange County. Visit Salvador Avila's location in Lake Forest and Foothill Ranch for great food, ambiance and specialty margaritas. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein.